Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. This episode is brought to you by Mastering Adversity. Unlock the Warrior Within. Turn your biggest struggles in your greatest gifts. My brand new book, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've seen me hold it up. I'm holding up the hardcover. It's really cool to physically hold this up to show you guys. For all of you that have purchased it, thank you. Give me so much amazing feedback. If you haven't, go and grab a copy on Amazon. Paperback is available, Kindle and the hardcover. And it's greatly appreciated, you guys. If you loved what we've done in the last four years at University of Adversity, you're going to love this book. It goes deep into my story and really gives you a formula on how to move through adversity when it shows up in your life. Talk about the different adversity archetypes. Talk about the five A's for moving through adversity. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Put a lot of hard work to bring this to you guys. And uh, the feedback's been amazing. So go grab a copy, Mastering Adversity, Unlock the Warrior Within. Turn your biggest struggles and your greatest gifts. Thanks, everybody. I have been fascinated with the ketogenic diet over the years and figuring out, is keto right for me or is burning carbs right for me? And for those of you that don't know the difference, we're either burning sugars, which is carbs, or burning fat, which is ketones. In order to get into ketosis, it's usually a difficult process. I want to keep this as simplified as I can for you guys. A lot of people try the, keto, the ketogenic diet, but they're not able to withstand the discomfort that it takes to get into it. Sometimes you have to fast for a couple of days, eat a lot of fat and so on. But now this product allows you to have drinkable ketone shots that gets you there right away fast without having to do like a crazy long fast. I know it sounds a little bit crazy and believe me, I've tried so many different supplements out there from MCT oils to exogenous ketones to ketone esters, all of it. This product is the best. And here's why. I dur During my 75 hard journey, I really wanted to try out the different diets. I personally love eating meat, fruit, eggs. That's like my probably my, my favorite diet for sustainability while I travel. But when it comes to cognitive function and body composition goals, weight loss, if I want to lose body fat, and I really want to be dialed in, there's no better diet for me. Or there's no better lifestyle than being on the ketogenic diet. Now, this is sometimes challenging to sustain because there's so much junk out there that, um, especially in these bars that we eat, you go to Whole Foods, a lot of it's junk, a lot of this oils that are in it, it's junk. It's hard to stay in that zone. But with these guys, they have these, these bottles where you can pour little shots of these ketones when you're um, either before a workout or during a workout, it'll give you that boost and it'll take away that hunger instantly. And I tried this. I went on a, in a fasted state. I was boxing. I was doing two workouts a day with 75 hard. And I would use this product and I would literally be in a fasted state the entire day doing two workouts. Now, I don't recommend doing this for the average person, but if you're an athlete and you want to achieve high performance, 
I encourage you to, to push your body to the limits. And that's what I did. So I would work out and then I go boxing and I, and I'd be scared because, oh man, I didn't, I, I'm super low on my carb storage right now. I, I, I haven't had any carbs and I've been training a lot. So I would, I would be afraid to go do a high intense workout like boxing. But then I had a shot or two, two doses of this. And I immediately was like, wow. Okay. And it was just enough to get me through the workout. And I'm talking high intensity as well. Normally when I'm in the ketosis state, I run out of energy. So I almost need a little bit of carbs. If I'm training hard, this product really helped me a lot. And not only was it, did it help me with my fitness goals? I leaned out a lot but it helped me with my cognitive function. Now, I love eating carbs. I love training and eating carbs as well. But like I said earlier, sometimes it takes away my mental focus. So this, like say I wanted to do a podcast, I would have this with some tea or a coffee and I was just dialed in, okay? So if you guys are curious about the ketogenic diet, um, and or you and you're you're curious about how to get into that um, state of burning ketones versus carbs. This is the product to check out. I highly recommend it because there's a lot of things out there I've tried. A lot of them are junk. Some of them are good. There's no caffeine in this or anything like that, and it really just gets to the source and helps you achieve that. So when I use these, I was like, wow, these these things are amazing. Like. I don't say that lightly because I've literally treated myself like a human guinea pig and tried it all. And sometimes I'm like, man, this stuff doesn't work. And, but this stuff, I really noticed it. The problem is I went through it so fast. It, <laughs> it, it went quick. And because it's so high quality, it's not the most, it's not the cheapest product, but you're paying for quality. And I want to offer this to you guys for 10% off at checkout. And I really want, to hear how you feel about this, because if you're anything like me, you really want to achieve optimization. And as we talk about, you know, what it takes to overcome adversity, you got to be operating, your vessel needs to be operating at peak performance because life can get challenging sometimes, our mindset, all of it. And if we can have things that can help us stay focused, stay high energy, it's going to help us move through the adversity. And so I, I only like to promote products that I feel really help me and that I think would help you. So go grab some Ketone IQ. These guys are awesome. Go HVM, HVMN.com, Ketone IQ. Enter the code Lance at checkout for 10% off. That's L-A-N-C-E for a 10% discount at checkout. Go to HVMN.com, Ketone IQ. Enter the promo code Lance at checkout for 10% off. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And I freaking love these products. All right. Now, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Today's guest is an actor, producer, writer, stand up comedian, and digital content creator. He's also an entrepreneur and great guy all around. Let <laughs> me just say that I had such an awesome chat with him. His name is Brent Pella. He creates some of the funniest content online, I got to say, on Instagram. Like I've been following him for a while. He's very close with JP Sears. 
who's absolutely hilarious and really pushes the bar um, with a lot of different comedy with political figures and what's going on in the world and all of that. So um, Brent also has his own unique style of poking fun at some of these political figures in the spiritual community and all of it. So um, my good friend, Sam, Sam Kabert introduced us, connected us. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was really excited to have this conversation. This conversation was a few weeks back when I was in Brazil, but nonetheless, it's still super powerful and super good. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I think Brent, we have a lot of the same views about a lot of things in the world. And you'll see that in this conversation. And, um, yeah, I mean. There's a certain amount of sense of humor you got to have in this world, right? And I think he does such a great job at creating humor, but not going too far, you know? And uh, he's a spiritual guy too. So it's funny to see him poke fun at the community because some of the stuff is so bang on. So anyways, I had a great conversation. I think he's awesome and I can't wait to connect with him again. So I'm excited to share this with you guys. Let us know what you think. He's also... Got um, a rosé company called Vibe Rosé, V-Y-B-R-O-S-E, Vibe Rosé. And go check him out on Instagram. He's got a few of his pages up there um, for MTV, Wild and Out. And he's also got the Vibe cast, which is his vibe. The Vibe cast with Brent Pella. And the guy's hilarious. So anyways... You guys enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to do so wherever you listen to this. And we're also available on YouTube. All right. Enjoy the show. What's up, brother? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I followed your stuff for a while and you're fucking hilarious. Oh, and thank you, bro. One of the best ways to move through adversity is through comedy. And I think it's the most undervalued underutilized i don't think a lot of people even think about that and i was thinking about it the other day i was like man i always feel really good after i see something funny i always it's hard to stay in a state of i don't know man like it's hard to be upset and i'm just i'm realizing that the more i'm able to you know watch people like yourself or like joe rogan's and you know jp sears it really takes us out of that, like that, that constant state of like worry or whatever we're in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about comedy is it can break through barriers that other things can't, you know, political discourse can't break through very many barriers, obviously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Protesting will only get you so far. And usually that's just like a sign of support for doing whatever. But when you, with, with comedy, especially over the past couple of years, I've seen it become a tool, almost like a, a weapon of peace to try and break down some of the some of the people and the topics that are held as sacred or untouchable or taboo. And really, it's been, you know, great to to use against people in power. And when I say against, I don't mean like fighting against. But, you know, my buddy J.P. Sears has this great line that he he's I've heard him say before about how the the court jester back in the day was meant to mock the king and mock the rulers to keep them humble so that they never took their power to a tyrannical 
kind of manipulative place and they could always laugh about themselves. And, you know, I, I think that's what comedy does when it, when it's at its best is we're yeah. breaking through these topics and we're breaking down people that folks hold to a certain pedigree that just isn't realistic because nobody's a God. You know what I mean? We're all our own gods in a way, but nobody should be worshipped as such, you know? And we got to remember that everybody here is human. And so making fun of whoever it is to me has always been my way of kind of staying grounded in reality a bit and not letting, you know, not letting somebody turn into this worshipable, like higher power. Oh, yeah, that's what comes out for me. I know that's a little deep to start the pod. Yeah, but true, dude, you know, it's 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 fun. It's fun to poke around and mock people. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's genius. It's genius. And I mean that like, I remember, you know, I sent when our emails going back and forth, I was like, man, like your some of your videos were the ones that like kept us sane. a lot of people, man, like you and JP Sears, like your videos are fucking hilarious. And it's you, such man. a good. Yeah, man. Like, I, I mean it. And it's such a good way, like, especially things get so serious and people like Gavin Newsom, like that was like a video like that is like yeah. so needed and the yeah. way it's done you do it in such a way that's like it's it's hard to explain but it's like you're not a, it's not like you're like attacking them but like you're just you're, you're you're playfully making fun of them and it i don't know man like it's just been it's been something you know what's that, about that and, and i'll give you a little bit of background on yeah. the kind of the evolution of that so i never did political comedy prior to 2020 i was doing like Silly shit. Like I was, I was doing sketch comedy that was very inspired by, you know, Saturday Night Live and The Lonely Island, Andy Samberg and all those guys. Cause this was between 2012 to 2016 when I was first starting mm. or actually 2012 to 2019. So that whole area of my career was very inspired by SNL and Andy Samberg. And they were just doing silly pop culture stuff. And it was phenomenal. It was so funny. And then Trump got elected, and between 2016 and 2019, the comedy landscape started to change because everybody was like, oh, who can do the best Trump is so orange joke? Like, who, how are we, we going to call him orange and crazy today? And by 2019, shows like SNL and, and a couple others had gotten so, like, diluted with this just plastic cookie cutter joke republicans are bad democrats are good trump is orange and loud and crazy and like yeah definitely make fun of trump and republicans but also don't forget that there's so much more to talk about yeah and so once 2020 jp and i had met prior to 2020 and then once 2020 hit we started to see some of the crazy things that we thought was crazy that was going on, the way that people were communicating from government down to people, the way that people were communicating with each other and what COVID was starting to do to society. And as comedians, that was like a wake-up call. It was like, oh, we have to talk about this. And so both JP and I started to evolve. My evolution was I kind of took a step back from both parties, I'd always leaned a pretty left growing up. But once 2020 hit and I really allowed myself to open up my mind and, and view things from an unbiased lens, 
that lean went away immediately. And so mm-hmm. now I lean both ways on different things and it depends on what it is. And, but I really enjoy, you know, taking aim at anything and everything. And so when it came to like specifics, like the Gavin Newsom stuff or any specific topical comedy video, I wanted to attack it in a way that wasn't bullying, but was almost there because I saw the way, you know, for example, that SNL would do Trump jokes. It became bullying. It became not funny. And it was like, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't make fun of Trump for sure. Make fun of he's the most easy target. But if you're going to do it, be clever and like have something to say. Yeah, so like that was every the- every late night show was the same thing. It was like Trump, Trump, Trump. I was like, yeah. all right, yeah. Trump, 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 Trump. And it's yeah. like, yeah, bro, we we get it. You guys don't like him. Like, can you be funny about it? And so that was kind of a personal challenge for me when I started doing more political comedy in 2020. I was like, well, how can I make this funny so that it's not bullying and so that I'm not like furthering a political agenda? I just want to further people laughing. That's all I want. I want people to laugh you know, and see the ridiculousness for what it is through my eyes. And, uh, and so the Gavin Newsom stuff is great, even though I despise the guy and I have no, you know, I don't, I clearly don't like him at all. I still am not going to go super crazy hard on him because I'm a comedian. I'm not a politician. If I'm running for governor against him, yeah, I'm gonna go a lot harder than I'm going right now. But it's it's been tricky to like find that balance of what's funny to me and and where the line is between like poking fun and being silly and where does that turn into like kind of being a dick and doing things for different reasons you know what i mean does that make yeah. sense do you do you feel like at times are you like oh shit what kind of backlash am i going to get from this like do you ever have that feeling yeah, yeah, I used to a lot more now. Now I I don't care. Now it's like if I get backlash, maybe that'll help my career. I yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe I if somebody tries to cancel me, that'll give me a boost, and I I'll sell more tickets on the road. You know what I mean? But yeah, starting and to do political stuff in 2020, it was like it was it was a fear. I had a fear that I would be branded a certain way. I would be labeled a certain way. I would lose followers, but you know, we deal with fear, I think, in our careers and our personal life. And, and more often than not, when you face a certain fear head on, you come out the other side with this like amazing growth and this this whole new perspective toward whatever the mission is that you're on. And so when I kind of face that fear of, oh, I might not be liked by as many people. I might turn some people off. I might lose followers. I might have friends that question me. I might be branded a certain way. But all of that was outweighed by how aligned it felt for me to start doing comedy in the political arena so that I could point out the ridiculousness of what I saw going on. And so when I faced that fear, did what I wanted to do anyways, it did totally work as a positive because my following went up, more people found out who I was, my writing got better, the videos evolved, and I started doing things that no one else was really doing, like Gavin Newsom impressions or, Mm. you know, mocking the crazy woke California folks that are running around. And, and so, you know, that's, that was like, uh, that was kind of like a life lesson. You know what I mean? Obviously can't be a life lesson for everything. If you're scared of jumping off a building, probably shouldn't do that because it's not going to lead to sublime growth. But if you're having hesitancy on, you know, something creative or something, some other type of 
challenge facing it head on, you know, is, is only going to make you stronger. So I kind of took that into mind when I was transitioning the content uh, more into political stuff, which is still only like maybe 30 or 40% of what I do. But yeah. yeah. Some of your spiritual stuff is hilarious, dude. Dude, that's the most fun. <laughs> it's the like, most fun. It's like you got in my brain and I'm like, dude, this is, this is exactly. <laughs> Wait, so you, you're from Canada originally? I'm, I'm from Canada, yeah. Where, where'd you grow up? I was born and raised in Edmonton, then moved out to oh. the West Coast to Vancouver Island to Victoria and then moved to Vancouver. When I was, so was there, a, was there like a pretty big consciousness community up in Edmonton or or um, near Vancouver? No, not really, not in Edmonton. <laughs> Vancouver, Vancouver started. I didn't even know what that meant until like way yeah. later. I had no idea. I would have probably laughed at that word even. Sure, not Damn. until that didn't. Man, probably until I was introduced to like Aubrey Marcus later on, like probably two thousand. I don't know, sixteen. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first transformational festival was, well, my mom would take me to Grateful Dead shows when I was a baby. So she, uh, she was a a type one hippie, you know, she came Uh, up uh, in the seventies and eighties. So very close to the sixties. So she was inspired by all that. And she had me young too. So she would bring me to reggae on the river out in uh, Sacramento big reggae festival you know she would bring me to the grateful dead shows she i grew up i have picture baby pictures of me in like tie-dye shirts and like a cotton reusable diaper you know so i had it kind of in my dna when i was little and then high school and college i played basketball i was a jock i partied a lot and then early mid-20s started going to transformational festivals again and that had a huge impact on my life because i felt like i was revisiting something from uh, childhood. But yeah, I, I only ask because Edmonton doesn't sound like, no. you know, it's not a, a, a Sedona, I don't think, or uh, an Encinitas type of city. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Cool. It's, in, it's interesting because there was like, there was that gap where I think it was like the 60s or 70s and then later on all that stuff was considered like ridiculous, right? There was this yeah. that spiritual, like it's not like it is now. Now it's a lot more accepted and people understand it more. Like you talk about meditation 20 years ago, it was still like a taboo thing. Like you had to be a monk or something to do it. You know, it's just interesting how now it's kind of, it's a lot more mainstream than it was for a long time. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, that was a big, big, the war on drugs was kind of a big deal with that. Right. I started saying like, no, weed is going to fry your brain. And, and they wanted people to recruit for the war effort. And they wanted more people to be, you know, on board for being American patriots and don't question the government. And they, they were seeing this whole movement in the 60s of people freeing their minds and LSD being a potential like cure for PTSD and all these other things. And so, uh, yeah, they, they clamped down on like hippie culture. But, but the whole transformational scene is making like a massive movement right now. Big, big time. And, I love it. It's super fun and it's great for content. Oh my goodness. It oh, is yeah. so fun. You must just froth at the mouth at some of the stuff. Like, dude, it's great. Like I mean, Austin, it's, you could just have your whole bit on Austin itself. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, and, but the funny thing is I like, am so in that scene that it's still, you know, it's still like super respectful. Obviously you can tell because I'm wearing beaded bracelets. Yeah. So that yeah. is, you know, the universal symbol for, I enjoy sleeping in a tent and it's, it's fun, man. We, we went to lightning in a bottle this past May and shot like four videos and a lot of people recognized us, me and my friend, Nikki, who I do a lot of videos with. And yeah, it's just, it's just a blast. It's cool to like poke fun at a community that I'm a part of, but also that I like have such a, a, an incredible respect for. And it's, it's been cool to see people also dig it too, because it's all for fun at the end of the day. How much have you seen people getting more offended with the work that you do? Like from when you started back in the day? Because I don't remember people being offended by comedy, but maybe I just forget, you know, back in the day. But now people are people are just offended about anything, man. And I guess for, for you and doing this as your craft, how have you noticed that change over the years? Yeah, it's been it used to be, you know, less visible when someone was offended. But now you can get offended and jump on Twitter, Facebook or whatever or Instagram. And you can talk about how offended you are and you'll get people that support you. And so that's an immediate dopamine hit when you get those notifications coming in about the 30 people who liked your post where you wrote out how you were offended by Dave Chappelle's new special. Yeah. And so it, it's part virtue signal and part reach for attention to me most of the time. There are definitely people who are offended and maybe it's valid, but when the joke is a joke and it, and the comedy is comedy and the intention is to make you laugh and you interpret it as an attack your the interpretation is wrong and so you're wrong you're just objectively wrong but with social media that doesn't matter anymore because interpretation and intention get blended together so that even if my if i have like a joke about abortion and i put it out there and somebody is offended by it, it doesn't matter that my intention was to make people laugh and poke fun at a taboo subject, because that's what comedy does. That person will think that the intention was to offend anybody who has this type of belief. They'll go tweet about it. They'll get a bunch of retweets and, and likes and shit. And all of a sudden, they'll feel good. So they've now elevated their status. They've used being offended to elevate their status above you and above others. And it's, it's unfortunate. And, and then the why from that, you know, if you really dig deep into the psychology of that, because I've, I've thought about this a lot and I'm trying to figure it out. But if you dig deep into the psychology of like, why would somebody want the attention as an offended person? And it's probably because they don't have like a lot of other things in their life that give them the type of fulfillment that being offended does. Because a lot of these offended people are feeling like very fulfilled because they're getting so much positive support when they express how offended they are. Whereas if they just didn't like a joke and they thought it was stupid or dumb or bad, they fucking ignore it and yeah. go back to your life where you should have enough things going on to make you fulfilled so that a tweet doesn't have to be the thing that makes you fulfilled. And that's just uh, uh, this whole like polarizing so social media landscape has really helped push that. And yeah, I've seen people be offended by even my stuff. And I'm not even 
crazy. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, you know, people have commented on Gavin Newsom videos before, like, oh, bro, you're fu you're fucking, you really, dude, you're right wing, like crazy guy now. Wow, dude, that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. You're anti-vax, dude. Wow, dude, that's crazy, dude. I'm like, no, I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti my governor. I don't like him. And if that offends you, you're insane. So it's actually, to me now, it's like funny to see when somebody is offended by a joke. Because it's just like, you, you might as well be waving a flag that says, I got nothing going on. You uh, know? Yeah, and it's, it's not even just that. It's like people have found so much meaning around the mask and having this validation yeah. that I'm doing the right thing. I'm helping society. It's like they had no meaning before. Now they feel right. like they've attached their identity to this like virtuous person that's like doing the right thing and squashing any of that. Now it's like completely ripping apart their identity. It's fucking yeah. wild to watch, man. Like it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's yeah, crazy. it is. It really is. And it's, I would assume it's mostly America. Oh, it's I don't Can know. Canada is the, Canada is the same. Oh, I guess Canada's the it's, same. Yeah. It's the same. I mean, it's Vancouver is basically California. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. British Columbia, same sort of thing. What about like, what? what's the landscape like in the other cities? Like Edmonton, is that a pretty blue collar? Different blue, blue collar. More like, I mean, I haven't lived there in a long time, but it's definitely more, I would say, yeah, definitely more moderate now. Cool. I think everybody, most people in Canada, were left like before and then i think a lot mm -hmm. of people like a lot of people have just started to pay attention now and been like what the fuck it's like right it's not left it's like well what what side does something that i agree with then i'll just you know right. I'll, I'll be in the middle like if you're you know it doesn't necessarily mean one choice makes me one side or the other that's what makes it so crazy but i think what this has done is it's made people think more about that and what it actually means and now I think more people are in the middle than ever because before yeah. it was like, right yeah. is racist. You're a racist Trump lover. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like the left is like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be anything. Yeah, just, exactly. Like, let, let me just be the, a fucking human. Wide. Right, exactly. Yeah, the middle has gotten like wider and wider, which is really cool to see. I mean, I love that. I, I think more people have been waking up to the fact that everybody's insane and yeah i think thing you know and that's humor in itself like it's just mm -hmm. it's hilarious at the same time at just watching how different how how different everybody is now like, yeah, it's just... yeah yeah and there's just so much more to to make fun of you know there's so much like almost every day there's some new crazy thing that's trending it's almost hard for me to keep up because if if Monkeypox is trending one day, oh and the God. next day someone is going to say something crazy, and the next day after that somebody else is going to do some. There's going to be some other new thing. So we're just in this like constantly changing cycle of just crazy shit. It's wild, dude. This time we're living in is truly wild. It's yeah. truly really wild, and it's fantastic for comedy. So Joe Biden getting elected president was the oh. best thing to happen to comedy in a while, and Trump. When Trump got elected, that was the best thing to happen for comedy. Talking purely from a, from a comedy standpoint. Yeah. Donald Trump getting elected was the best thing for comedy. And then Joe, we needed Joe Biden to get elected in order to have something fresh to like make fun of. 
you know, politics completely aside. Yeah, it was it was it's it's just funny to see the ch- the changes that people go through in 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 the comedy world every time something new happens in the news cycle. What does that look like for you when you're creating material? I'm curious. Do you just get an idea, write it down? Like, how does your skit start from finish? Like, how does that look? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So it usually starts with a headline that I see and I'll just be like, what the fuck? That doesn't, what? Like, what was a recent one I did? Well, it depends, I guess, on whether it's political or not. If it's a political leaning thing, so I'll give you an example. I've done this series. We've done a couple of videos so far of they're called like if Donald Trump Jr. and AOC were best friends. And it's me and my friend, Nikki. And we did the first one that was if Don Jr. and AOC were best friends. Oh the God. second one was if Don Jr. and AOC were roommates and did that because I follow both of those people and both of them say some wild and crazy shit on both sides of the spectrum you know don jr will generalize the entire left as this crazy like woke mob of cancel culture whatever and then aoc will turn around and generalize the right as a bunch of racists and elite people who don't understand and they're both like doing the same thing but on two different sides and so that i was like well what if they were just they're if they're doing the same thing, then what if they were just the same in person as roommates or whatever? And so me and Nikki would write out some beats and some lines for that. And then, of course, if it's just a comedy sketch, like all of the spiritual kind of comedy videos that I've done, those are just inspired by my life and all my friends. You know, I'll watch those videos back and I'll look at the characters that we're playing and I'll be like, oh, that's my friend, Nate. Yep, that's Nate. There's Tanner. That's Tanner. That's my friend, Ruby. And, uh, and so those are all just inspired by like, I'll write down notes and I'll even write down some things that people have actually said to me. And then I'll put those in a video because some of the things that people say in real life are crazier than anything I could ever even think of. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's always just, fun. It's always fascinating to me just how you can execute a video that just captures that. You know, like it's yeah. an art. It's an art that people Man. don't really understand until you try and shoot videos. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy, man. How do how do yeah. you how do you bring that to life so that it's actually it lands? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's got it's it, it just resonates as true, I think, and that's what yeah. really inspires us to to really nail it every time. You know, is is to get specific and fill in all the all the cracks of whatever the story is with dialogue that makes sense and and lines that relate to what happens in real life. You know, we we just did a video. I'm looking at my wall right now. What's one? that I can tell you without ruining it. Oh, I guess we just did one that's Room Raiders in you remember the, sh- the show Room Raiders on MTV? No. Where people would go in. so it was like it was one of those like old school reality shows on MTV where there would be like a girl and she goes into three different bedrooms of three different guys without meeting them and she chooses one guy to go on a date with based on what their bedroom was like. And it was like this silly, awesome. you know, t- reality show. Yeah, it was fun. That was total 90s, early 2000s type of thing. And so I, I just wrote one that was Room Raiders in 2022. And so the girl goes into three different bedrooms. And the first bedroom is like this super liberal bedroom with, you know, the Ukrainian flag and a bunch of masks everywhere and a shrine to Fauci. And then the second bedroom 
is this like right wing crazy far right extremists with like guns and bullets and a QAnon flag and like conspiracy theory map on the wall. And then the third bedroom that she walks into, it has a bunch of pictures of her with the eyes cut out and like women's underwear everywhere. And it's obviously guys a stalker. And so she ends up not choosing the liberal bedroom and she ends up not choosing the Republican bedroom. She ends up choosing the crazy stalker bedroom because the message at the end of the day is both of the extremes are actually crazier than somebody who's a psycho. And so like something like that just speaks to that whole, you know, middle ground perspective, but also within the context of being a fun show that a lot of people might remember. So it's cool to to try and think of things that'll help people relate through, you know, a piece of culture that everybody remembers or like one of these perspectives that, that I really enjoy sharing, which is the whole you can find fault in both sides, regardless of whether or not you think one side is better than the other. You can still find fault in both sides. And that's a big part of the message that I enjoy putting out and figuring out new ways to package in like an entertaining and funny way. Because really, you know, when, when you I, I feel like when you communicate something through comedy, it, it gets through a little bit better. You know, it's, it's almost like easier to understand than if you were just unpacking it on a, on a news show, you know, in like a talking head clip or something. It's genius, man. It, it gets in, it, it allows people that don't really absorb information, like being forced information. It's like a, it's like an easy way to get it into people's awareness. Yeah. Because when yeah. you, it's like, it takes your guard down, you laugh and mm-hmm. almost puts you in a higher vibration. We want to get spiritual, right? And then you almost like you're the higher vibration you are, the more you're going to absorb information. Like it's totally, it's smart. Thank you, bro. Yeah, it's a blast, man. It's cool. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been wild to see the growth too over the past couple of years. And any friends of mine that have pivoted into like doing more political stuff, they've only grown. You know, even JP's numbers have like tripled yeah. over the past two years. It's, man, is he growing? He pushes the button. He pushes the envelope a lot. But man, he, his shit is hilarious. He fist bumps that button, dude, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's great, dude. He's he's one of my close friends. I'm actually directing his comedy special in out in Austin later this month, so I'm super excited for that. I'm I'm curious about. So you mentioned a little bit about your childhood you know, being kind of spiritual and your mom and going to festivals. But I always am curious as to how somebody gets into comedy, because usually I know when I was growing up, there's when there's challenging times, you kind of become like a class clown to sort of like Mm -hmm. compensate if things are challenging. And I know that a lot of comedy starts kind of to, to sort of help yourself get through difficult situations, right? As like being accepted by other people or whatever the situation is. And I was curious as to like, did you go through any, anything as a kid that, that challenged you? And like, that was kind of how comedy started or were you just, how did that, how, what did that look like for you? Like, why did you start comedy? Yeah. So I grew up with a single mom up in Davis, California. She remarried and then had my sister when I was like 11 or 12, but my whole childhood was basically just me and her. So she was my audience and I, she raised me on Chris Farley movies and Whose Line Is It Anyway and SNL back during Will Ferrell's prime. So I kind of grew up with all that. And, you know, I I guess if I went to go see a therapist, it would probably come out that something about being raised with the single mom and 
my dad not being around a ton through high school would probably be something. But I never really thought of it that way. I, I just really liked making silly little videos with friends with like our Sony Handycam in, in high school. And then once college hit, I majored in film, got into the newspaper, started doing student films and, and, and shooting independent music videos. And at the same time, I still loved comedy. and I loved what The Lonely Island was doing. And I thought, well, I think I could do that. I th- let me just try to do a funny video. And so I did. And it like popped off in Santa Barbara, which is where I went to college. And that was kind of like a sign to keep doing funny videos. And so I just kept doing it. And it was, it was definitely, you know, so I guess if, if, you, if you try to search for like one of those, you know, what was the pain that brought you to comedy reasons? I don't know, something about single mom and dad, but I don't really, I don't really look at that or think of it as a reason. I always look at just how fulfilled I felt whenever something that I made gave other people joy. And that above anything else was always the motivating factor behind me doing what I did. And that was what brought me to LA to keep creating. That's what put me on stage in LA for the first time. That's what made me want to go out to do stand up or not what made me that's what made me want to go out and do improv classes and sketch comedy classes. And uh, it was just always that driving force and that kind of competitive nature too because I played basketball my whole life. So that was a big piece of it. Like not being good and seeing a bunch of people around me that were very good, that made me want to get better. And seeing what people were doing over the course of a couple of years in comedy, like they got this festival, then a TV show, then a movie. And I was like, oh, that's like going from varsity to playing in college to playing in the pros. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of all that combined. But above everything else, it was just the, the fulfillment and the joy that I felt from seeing a tangible impact that comedy could have on, on other people. Even just one smile, one chuckle could change a day. And I love that. I, I, I really, really love that. And I really believe it too. So the more smiles and chuckles we can put out, the better, I think. Yeah, it's medicine, man. It's medicine for people. Totally. 100%. Oh, yeah. You brought up Chris Farley, man. That guy was like, what a legend. That era, the Mike Myers, Chris Farley. Yeah. Man, what a great era for SNL. Totally. Dude, un- undefeated. It was, those days were wild. And there's sketches that they were doing back then oh, that you couldn't man. do to I saw there's this sketch called Office Boss uh, with Will Ferrell. I think it was early 2000. And he's just this office boss that gets triggered like by anything. And he'll just explode and start yelling at people. And says some shit in there. Like a woman fucks up. She drops papers or something on accident. And it's like a super minor thing. And he starts yelling like, what the fuck are you thinking? I will beat you. I will physically beat you. And it's like insane. But I don't even know if it's still online anymore because of some of the things he was saying. But back then, it was fucking hilarious yeah. to see all that. Now, yeah. everybody's touchy, feely, sensitive and shit. So dark comedy is suddenly not even comedy anymore. It's just offensive. But yeah, that era was awesome. And I, I think about one of my favorites, Eddie Murphy, delirious. Like I can't yep. like, oh, you watch that now. <laughs> You're like, wow, that would be, that would not be allowed now. Like I just, some of yeah. the shit that no, he says, man, is just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and he was like 18, 22, something like that. Genius. Uh, yeah, dude. He was dropping slurs left and right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Just a different time, man. It's crazy. Different time. And it's, yeah, I just, I don't know when it all happened. I don't remember when. I feel like it was almost within the last, maybe it's just because I pay attention more, but within the last two, three years, I don't remember shit being like that before, man. I don't yeah, remember. I feel like it, it started in the 2010s, you know, yeah. there the whole, like every new hashtag movement just kind of escalated things. So like the hashtag me too movement right. and, and not to take away from like the real issues that those people are trying to address, but there's also this surrounding like halo of extremists who suddenly think, you know, that even complimenting somebody is inappropriate or whatever. And there, there so there's like the, the me too movement, the BLM movement, a couple other movements. Uh, and again, there's like real legitimate issues behind the foundations of those movements, but each movement created this new, outer realm of like extreme loud people who were not the majority of the movement. But over time, those people keep adding up, influencing more people to like jump to conclusions and be offended immediately. And it take, it took the conversation out of the issue and it injected the sense of being offended instead. And yeah, so I'd say, and then of course, Trump, when he got elected, that just, I mean, everybody lost their shit. And now, you know, it's funny now is people, he's turning into this like cartoon character. Like I, I have friends that hated him and now they're like sharing a funny video of him golfing or like sharing a video of him saying something silly on a golf course or something. And it's just funny to see like the, the transition. So I think we're, I think there was like an overcorrection of people who found issues with things like getting offended by whatever and now we're slowly starting to go back i think i hope i don't know yeah. i don't know I, but i have to i gotta have faith that you know this overcorrection will play itself out and we'll we'll start getting back to not being offended by things every day ideally hopefully. yeah i mean trump did it to himself too i mean sometimes you're like dude just shut up and don't say anything like 100 percent. yeah you see yeah. he said the dumbest things at times and you're like man you just literally did it to yourself like yeah, it was just especially against Biden. Like, just say nothing. Like, just, just say nothing. nothing. Yeah. Why do you have to prove yourself to to, to this guy? Like, why? You just shut up. Yeah. I just. Yeah. So, I couldn't believe it, man. It's like you're playing. He's playing into that. I remember that debate, and I was just like, dude, this guy's this guy's like not even alive right now. Like, just what are you trying to prove? Yeah. yeah. Just take take a beat, take a breath. You don't need to be doing all that. But yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's funny to see how people change their perspectives toward things because it's so, it's also so based on like the news and the news media, you know, and you we were pretty involved in, in the transformational scene and hanging out with kind of new age type folks. And so we're not really around people who get their news from CNN mm. or, you know, like OAN or any of those things. So, but the people who are, it's really interesting. Like I have friends from home who will quote CNN stuff oh, to man. me. And like, you know, not to say that CNN is always wrong, but if you're going to look at CNN like an objectively truthful and honest news source, 
that truly cares about the human condition, you're fucking crazy. That's a crazy thing. That is psychotic. That's so naive and ignorant. And I got friends that do that. And I'm like, man, like, really? You're, yeah. you're going to, you know, you're going to quote that? You're going to just read me like a CNN headline right now? And so that, that's the, the mainstream news cycle is definitely not helping people relax. Yeah. And I think, I think in the beginning, you know, two years ago it was, it was fair that oh, CNN, you know, they care or they care about us, you know, like, but now, I mean, it's, if you're, you've buried your head in the sand for two years, I mean, there's no excuse, man. Like you gotta, yeah. I just don't understand people that don't want to look at both sides and look at other things. Like maybe, maybe this isn't true. Like, don't, aren't you curious? Like, don't you just want to know like, yeah, I'm not well, saying Fox is any better. I'm just meaning it's all the no. same bullshit. It's like, well, don't you just want to, like, yeah. I, why don't you want to learn like what is actually happening? I just don't get it. Yeah. It, you know, when, when people say ignorance is bliss, it truly is, man. Yeah. If you, the less you know, the more comfortable you are. And that's where the whole sheep term came into play, which has been like overused and totally cliched by now, but it was rooted in truth, dude. If you, are just going about your life, lottie freaking da, like nothing's wrong. And you're just going to check CNN once a day to tap in with the people that you think are right. And you're not even going to consider any data that's cherry picked or any other side that might have a good point. Then you're going to live a happy, comfortable life without challenge. And, you know, that's just, that's millions of people. That's yeah. millions of people. They, they could be so much happier and more productive and more connected to community and more aware of actual issues if they would open their perspective a little more, you know? But it's just so comfortable to not. It's so, like, easy to just sit down and think, oh, well, the entire group of these people are this way, and so they'll never be right. Mm -hmm. And that makes you feel like you're above them. It's all this status grab type shit you know that's what's happening especially on the left but all over too you know i'll meet people that are super maga trump people and i'm like bro you still you don't i mean there's you got some issues over there you realize that right and they'll be like no nah, i don't know fuck it it's just this is the right way to do things and i'm like all right it's it, it, so it's it's just crazy that people don't but i think we're seeing more people open up to opposite ways of thinking and different ways of thinking. And I think especially comedy is having a big part of that too, which is good to see. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting depending on what state you're in or what country you're in. It's like yeah. your environment dictates how you think. It's so weird, man. Yeah. It's so weird how like people are just influenced by what everybody else around them is doing. That's it's you go to California, you go to you go to New York. It's like they think one way and then you I was living in Miami. It's like a different world. It's a different world. Yeah. In, 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 in Brazil, I mean, there's, it's kind of hit or miss. Mexico, different world. It's, it's really just interesting at observing how everybody just kind of copies what everybody else is doing. Like it's, yeah. That's kind of how everything happens. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, and America has always been like a culture leader. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the next like, what the rest of the 2020s have in store, you know, because America 
is leading the way on being like politically imbalanced. We saw some similar things happen in the UK with when the Brexit thing went down, everybody voted for Brexit. And we're seeing like, you know, a lot of protests in Europe, like social justice protests. We see, and then some people protesting the government, the truckers that lined up up in Canada, the truck convoy, you know, all these things that are happening in like an extreme sense. Not to say they're all being inspired by American culture, but they are American culture is always kind of, yeah, yeah, maybe they are. And American culture has always kind of led the way. So however America comes out of this period of like silent civil war, <laughs> it's going to be kind of what informs the rest of the world, I think. We just got to make it out in one piece because right now, even though it feels like more people are coming to the middle, the two extreme sides are just getting more and more extreme. So I don't know who's going to win that battle, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's it's, it's a weird thought, bro. It's a weird thought, all this, all this stuff going on, food shortages. And, you know, there's the people that are like super, super fearful of it. And then there's some that don't care. And it's, it's like, I always wonder, I'm like, where do I put my attention and my energy, you know? And for the longest time, I'm like, do I share more about this? Do I talk about how I'm against this? Or, you know, there was a time there where I was the same. I was like, well, I don't want to offend people, but at the same time, I have to be in truth. At the same time, I'm like, do I want to put my energy into feeding that with my audience or do I want to focus on the solution? It's tough. Right. It's tough as to like, how, where, where do you, where's the best way to do that? Like, how do we address something without beating it to death like some people it's like they beat it to death and it like brings you down and it doesn't help it becomes their new identity and it's like they're what they were trying to do what they were trying to achieve is actually they're becoming the villain you know like yeah so what are your thoughts on that man like what do we how do you how do you keep yourself in check with everything like moving forward probably take a sound bath every monday probably hit a gong as soon as you wake up and 100 percent Say 10 affirmations and smoke some sage. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm trying to figure it out, dude. I yeah. truly have no idea. And I think too many people say that they know how to do that. And I think more people just need to just admit that they don't know what the fuck to do. And they don't know. And, and that's okay. And it's okay to not know. And you don't have to jump into one side or another. You don't have to jump into a belief. You don't have to just glue yourself to one way of thinking. You can... It's okay to not know and to learn and to take time and to grow and to develop and evolve over a long period of time. And I think too many people are just defaulting to a certain way of thinking. And I think that's really what's causing like a, a, a bigger and bigger divide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the perspective like in South America toward what's going on up here? Do people, you know, what, what, how do people look at what's going on in America down there? It's an interesting question. And it's always interesting to see the people around and you know there's 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 people wearing masks still outside on the beach which i just don't understand mexico here like i just i don't get it like how how you can think that's a good idea i don't know you know at this point whatever but it's a little bit of mixed you know grocery stores all that like it's kind of it's kind of fizzled out but it's still there when i was in mexico depending on where you're at like some towns don't really think about it or see masks in the some of the towns you have to wear masks inside it's really interesting man like i can't speak portuguese down here but just from the the vibe and the energy of what i feel i don't feel that people 
something about the Latin Latins don't feed into it as much. You know, people are more about community yeah. and getting together and and about enjoying life, especially in Rio. Like everyone's on the beach. It's I don't know. I don't know what it would be like in other cities um, or other towns. It's it's really unusual. It's unusual when you see somebody with a mask outside. Like I don't know whatever country you're in. It makes yeah. more sense in a California because it's like in your face. But when you're in a place like this, it makes zero sense to me. Because yeah. where are you getting your information? Like, is it that ingrained? And it's interesting to see how deep it goes into a country down here, the influence, right? Yeah. It's like, wow. Like, how did you, how do you really believe that's okay? Like that you need to do that. You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's, you know, some of the habits from 2020 through now have become like so politicized and so like rooted in this extreme way of thinking. Like if you don't wear a mask, you want people to die. If you do wear a mask, you're saving lives. And neither of those are like gen true 100% of the time. And so, but people pick them up because it's easy, you know, it's that whole thing of, well, I watched 10 minutes of the news yesterday and I'll really have time to dig any deeper because I got a kid, I got a job, I got to pay bills, I got to eat, I got to figure out what to do to get money, whatever. I got somebody in my family who's sick and dying, got to take care of them. And it's just easier to kind of listen to whatever you're being told that's extreme and then that gets ingrained in your brain and you, it's really hard to scrape that out. It's hard to dig that out. And, you know, that's partly like we just talked about the media get being really extreme so that they can have more views and they can have more people watching the programs and, and consuming their content. And then it's also just easy for people to, to default to whatever a headline says. Well, and, and you and you got a TV in your house. It's like, oh, it's safe. It's in my house. It's there. There, there's people speaking yeah. to me. It's, it's. They wouldn't lie to us. Just like, right. Just like they wouldn't poison our food. They wouldn't do yeah. that. Come on, why would they do that? Why would, right. Why exactly. would? Why would they do that? Why would our own government do? It? You know that fucking stupid. <laughs> Yo, like they have a lot of time to go and do that. It's like, yeah, they do. Like that's right. what it is. And then, yeah, 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 they do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is wild, dude. It's it's interesting to see how the rest of the world develops, like even when America is going batshit crazy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. It's that's why we all need we need comedy. You keep keep doing your work, man. It's it's great. I, I love it. And I mean a lot of my listeners are gonna love that you're on because I know a ton of people love your content and awesome. keep doing what you're doing, bro. Dude, yeah, it's fun, man. You know, it's it's a good time. It's 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 also like therapy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> because no, I hear you. Some crazy happens. I get to talk about it and put something out, and I see some people arguing in the comment section, and I chime in like, "Hey, you guys, just can we all just get along? Can we just be friends? Can we just be yeah. friends in the comment section? You know what I mean?" And it's cool, dude. The crazier shit gets, the more we'll have to make fun of. And the people who know that it's a joke and they can see comedy for comedy, those people are going to be the most mentally healthy, I think. And hopefully more and more people will get on board that train rather than watching comedy just to be offended so that they can virtue signal that they're offended and get a bunch of support for that. People need more hobbies, dude. 
Dude, 100%. People, what, we need more to do. People got to, if, if you're finding fulfillment from being offended, go bake some bread. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Go, go pick some flowers. Get some blueberries. Go look at butterflies outside. Do something else. Take some yeah. mushrooms and go to a mountain. You don't need to tweet today. Or just turn <laughs> your phone off for a change. Just go on airplane yeah. mode. Like, yeah. Put it down. All that. You don't need all that. So we need to be doing more of that. You know. What else are you working on, bro? That everybody can get excited about. What's going on? Anything yeah. else? Yeah. So I'm I'm on tour right now. I got shows coming up. But this week I'm in Denver, then Utah, doing Sedona on September 23rd, which is going to be a blast. So anybody nice. out in Sedona, and then Oklahoma City, Dallas, working on other places. Brentpella.com/shows for tour dates. Um, and then I also just released a rose wine brand. Dope. Which I'm pretty stoked about. Yeah. So I've been working on that for the past like year and a half. I love rose. My whole family's Italian. And, and, you know, during 2020, when I was doing all those videos, I also wanted to do something that could exercise like a different creative muscle and also put something out into the world that could kind of bring people together. I was just seeing people fight too much. Everybody's fighting, everybody's mad. And anytime I drank rose, wine, I was happy. And I became kind of a wine nerd during COVID. It was one of my hobbies. In addition to conspiracy theories, it was wine and aliens. Those were my two main hobbies. And so I just, you know, I noticed rosé in particular is just such a fun, happy drink. And I don't drink a lot of alcohol, but when I do, it's usually a glass of wine with dinner or something. And I wanted to give that experience and, and offer just an, another catalyst to the world that could act as something to bring people together and, and create joy. And so it's out now. It's Vibe Rosé, V-Y-B. You order it at vibrosé.com. We're available in five states or out the Instagram at Vibe Rosé, V-Y-B Rosé. So that's a fun project. And uh, yeah, man, just trying to, you know, trying to make it all happen. Trying to make as many people happy as I can and, and trying to stay happy at the same time, dude. Please tell me you're gonna do a skit with Rose and like Gavin and like Justin Trudeau or something. I I need to. I need to do like because I know Gavin has his own wine brand. Take the piss out of him, man. Yeah, bro. I I, I should do a Trudeau and a Gavin something oh like my that. God. That'd um, be so good, man. Yeah. Have one with them yeah. drinking wine. <laughs> Just drinking wine and 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 counting the amount of people that they're gonna lock down for the fall. Oh, um, that's awesome man yeah i mean it's great to work on other projects wine is great and it's brings people together and awesome dude that's exciting yeah yeah it's fun dude it's cool it's a whole new business and you know it's just it's it's all for the same purpose of putting joy into the world as much as possible so i'm happy with it you know between that and the videos and i'm on the show wild and out on on vh1 which is really fun so you know we're moving and just trying to make it all happen trying to come to brazil honestly that's been at the top of my travel list for a while so hopefully i can make that happen soon get down to rio man it's a it's a vibe vibe down here yeah you got Hell any yeah. you got any netflix specials in the works or what you got to get we're gonna see you on netflix one day man i know i'd love to but you know i don't know they're, they're, they tell comedians to edit their shit now, so I oh. might just put some. Oh, you have up. to do what Andrew Schultz uh, did and just sell it privately. Yeah, because they wanted to edit some stuff out of his. I don't know if it was it was probably Netflix, but yeah, he probably. ended up putting it out himself, unedited and uncensored. And that's going to be the move. I think a lot more comedians are going to do that. So 100%. yeah, within the next year, 
I'll, I'll probably start trying to work on a on a bigger project like that. But for now, the videos are great, and and everything else is just is really fun and fulfilling. You got a podcast too, Vibe Vibecast. What's it called? Vibe Vibecast. Vibecast. Yeah, awesome. That's, uh, it's out every week. That's fun. If if you yeah. if you like listening to me rant on Hilarious. whatever crazy. Shit going on sometimes i'll have a, a guest like a comedian or somebody but yeah that's fun too that's as you know podcasts are just a great way to spread the word spread the good energy and connect with folks absolutely bro dude thank you so much for coming on this was a lot of fun it was good to find hell yeah connect with you uh, you know after seeing so many of your funny videos bro thank you yeah for sure man let me know next time you're in the states if, if you want to cruise out to a show just shoot me a message we'll kick it that'd be super cool and yeah, uh, i appreciate I, you having yeah, man, absolutely. I'd love to. I'll be in the states probably the next couple of months. I'd love to hit one of your shows and one of the tour dates, maybe Sedona or something. That'd be cool. But cool, yeah, man. This this was great. And if you, I always end up with this one question, just to kind of give people some some something to walk away with. What advice do you have for somebody out there who may be going through some shit, some challenging times? some maybe some personal development or spirituality advice what, what what advice would you give to them walk away with today Ooh, heavy heavy yeah, okay so, Let's so we, we got to end with the heavy, heavy. One. okay first and foremost drink more water because you're probably dehydrated okay so first piece of advice drink water a second piece of advice oh I, i've dealt with my fair share of like darkness and, and negativity. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of the cliches that we hear are rooted in truth. The, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You can use something bad to make yourself stronger. That's all true. And life, the, the, you know, we're all, we're all going to die. We're all going to be out of here one day. Everything is finite. Everything has an expiration. Everybody has an expiration date. And if you're not dead today, if you woke up, if you're like listening to this right now, and you're breathing right now, that's an accomplishment in itself. Because whatever you've been through up until now, whether it was yesterday or a year ago, you have overcame it to be in this spot that you're in now, right now, to be taking this breath that you're taking right now. And I think a lot of times we forget that that's enough of an accomplishment to be proud of yourself and to want to keep going. And so even in, in like the darkest moments, just the simple fact that you can take a breath and be aware that you're alive is enough to take to find solace in and then take the next step out of that what can you what can you do to be a tiny bit productive can you make yourself some food cool can you call somebody cool can you send an email cool can you write whatever the thing is that you wanted to write cool and then just take it piece by piece crumb by crumb and slowly start working your way up out of whatever hole that is but it's also like okay to be in a hole sometimes, you know, sometimes people get super sad and depressed and, and dark. And sometimes you just got to kind of sit with that, live through it, let that energy flow throughout your entire being so that I c it can naturally exit and you can focus on what's important instead of focusing on how bad you feel. Just let it, let it sit. Your body is an emotional machine. So sometimes just letting that energy flow through will let you get to the next thing. And then eat some ice cream. Watch some comedy. Eat some ice cream. And drink some rosé. Drink some rosé. You know what I mean? Be happy. There's a lot more reasons to be happy than there are to be sad. Well said, brother. Thank you so much. Hell yeah, dude. I appreciate you, man. Let me know next time you're in the States. We'll kick it. Will do, man. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Brent. Go follow him on Instagram, social media. If you guys got value from that, 
please leave us a, a review on Apple or Spotify. Greatly appreciated or wherever you're listening to this. And uh, of course, I'm grateful for all of you guys and thank you for listening. All right, much love. We'll catch you next time.